Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Avail Podcast, where we talk about the art of leadership. And as always, I'm accompanied by a great, great leader. Today, I am here with Dr. Bob Barnes. He is not only an amazing leader, which I will tell you that, he is a great friend and he is a great mentor slash counselor. Dr. Barnes, I'm so honored to be here on the Avail Podcast. It's an honor for me to be here. Thank you. Yeah. And this is a very pivotal uh, time to be having this talk about leadership, especially leadership in the in the church and leadership in ministries, uh, because it's also a very stressful yeah. time. So, what does it mean to lead? And I have I I think God knew I needed more help than most, because He got me around uh, to to watch some leaders, and and watch what I'll never forget this speaking at the Chick Fil A convention in uh, Orlando, mm -hmm. and I pull up. And I get out of my car, and there's a man there, a little little short old man, helping people with their luggage. And I walk up, and I said, was that true with Kathy, helping people with their luggage? And I thought, what a humble leader. Wow. And I got to sit with him for a little bit uh, before I talked. And, and it, it's so, it, all he wanted to know was stuff about me when I really just want to know stuff about him. But I realized humility. He had such humility uh, to be a servant leader. The other one I learned from was Don Shula. You're not old enough to remember Don Shula. I remember Don Shula. <laughs> well, they loved him. And uh, two of the Dolphins were on my board, and they talked about he's our dad. And he shows up for when we have each of us have babies mm. at the hospital. And he, they say, he's just a servant leader. You want to win for him because mm. he's such a good man. And then the book, a book I read that helped with this called Ike about Dwight Eisenhower. And what a, what a, when he was a general, uh, before he was the president, and he was, he was getting ready to meet with all of them before they hit Normandy Beach. And, he was gonna, and they said, he's going to come through in his Jeep. Mm. He's not going to get out. We're just preparing you for that wave. He stopped the Jeep, got out, and wanted to hug as many as he could. Wow. Yeah. That, that's leadership. Uh, you know, a leader is a person uh, people want to follow. A yeah. boss is a person people have to follow. And so I want to be the kind of servant leader that people want to follow. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's especially important in, in a culture that can, in a culture today, that can easily lead leaders to kind of celebrity, you know, uh -huh. or to it's all about me, uh -huh. not realizing or remembering it's all about Jesus, especially as Christian leaders, as pastors. What I want to do here, and, and I love it because we're all, I love this because we're already talking leadership, yeah. but I know that there's some people connecting that, that connect to Avail that kind of want to know who's, who's Dr. Bob who's Barnes. Who's Barnes guy? Who's, who's Dr. Bob Barnes? <laughs> I know who you are. Can maybe you just take maybe just two minutes and yeah, give a little summary yeah, about yeah. your journey? Um, I, for 48 years, have been working at a place called Sheridan House Family Ministries. We started with one boy's home in Hollywood, wow. and uh, th then God decided to grow it, and we're on 60 acres now in Davie with uh, boys' homes, and these are for boys who have to be out uh, of their house due to behavioral re uh, problems, and they stay with us anywhere from six months uh, to two years. Uh, they earn their way back home, and then we also have a counseling center with uh, seven licensed therapists, then we also have um, a single mom village where single moms come and they uh, who have just have no place to live because our rents doubled in the past 12 months. Wow. And Broward County is now one of the most expensive places in the country to rent. Average price for a two bedroom is $2,700. Wow. And so they come and live with us and it's so fun. Uh, they have to come for budget counseling at night. 
uh, one night a month, each of them. We have 11 units now. We're going to never stop building those. Uh, and, and they pay rent. And at the end of the 24 months, we give them all their rent money back, wow. which is like somewhere between 13 and 17,000. Mm. They learn how to budget, they learn about parenting, and they have a safe place. Then the other thing we do is we do um, information, parenting information. We, we have a podcast uh, called pa Parenting on Purpose uh, daily, and we also uh, have written books and manuals on parenting. Yeah, I, I, want, I, will, I will add this. Um, Dr. Bob and his wife, Rosemary Barnes, are, are just such a blessing, the best of the best, in addition to, to really being president of, of Sheridan House Family Ministries for all these years and, and leading the way for so well. Um, you've also been interim pastor in churches, yes, uh, you know, throughout these years yes, that have I, needed you to step in. It, it, I've been interim pastor in um, 22 churches, uh, somewhere between two years and three years a church. Um, and I learned why I'm not called to be a real pastor. Your job is exhausting. Uh, and people all hours of the night. And so uh, we need to pray for our pastors and we need to make sure they get extended vacations just so their marriage doesn't burn out. Yeah, that, that's, that's a good word. Come on. I hope my wife heard that too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I wanna, I wanna jump into a conversation that I think is gonna be very helpful for all leaders, uh, especially young leaders, because I think sometimes young leaders aren't hearing uh, the voices that they need to hear sometimes. We're going to talk a little bit about the dangers of success. We're going to talk about having a servant's heart. And we're going to talk about the importance of marriage being a priority as a pastor, as a leader. Let's start with the danger of success. You, you talked to me about this when we, were, when we were preparing about how, because normally success isn't considered, oh, that's dangerous. But oh, in a leader's life, we turn, we turn a verse around and start thinking, I can do all things through me who gives me the strength I need. <laughs> and we forget the verse. Unto him who's able to do exceedingly and abundantly beyond all I would ask or imagine. Yeah. The next verse is, to him be all the glory right. forever and ever. Amen. When God brings, and you and I have had so many friends and pastors who, you know, they start a little church and it get to be huge and all of a sudden, and I've heard them use the word deserve, two of them, before they fell. And they fell wow. hugely. And so the bottom line here is, I need to get in my brain as a leader, I didn't do this. I didn't do this. And I, I, recently we had three different groups fly in uh, to want to meet with me because they'd been watching uh, the podcast, uh, listening to the podcast, and they saw we posted a big aerial of our 60 acres and all the buildings, and, and, uh, and they, they heard some of the stories. And so they came to town, and I told them both don't come to town. One came from Chicago, one came from Atlanta, and one came from uh, South America. We want to do this. I mean, we've got this little thing we want to do. So you, we want to spend the morning talking about how do you think up all these ministries and we want to spend the, the afternoon. How do you raise all this money? Three and a half million a year? Wow. How do you raise all that money? And I said, all of them on the phone, I didn't raise the money. He did. Hmm. And, and I didn't come up with these. He, he just pushed me into it. I, and they said, well, like single parenting ministry. How? And I said, you know, I'm going to tell you this. And they all came anyway after I told them not to come. <laughs> and the single parent ministry... Uh, um, I, I, back in the old days, in 1974, I would drive a truck when we had four employees. I would drive a truck to Publix and they'd give us free groceries every single uh, week. And I'd drive them back and word got out on that. And so I had two single moms come and ask them, can I have some of those groceries? And, mm. I, and I honestly, I didn't really have a great attitude about it because we didn't have enough as it was, but I did it. And um, I think my wife made me do it, but I did it. And then uh, one came, I'll, ne I'll never forget. This was 1977, I think. I'm wheeling the groceries out in a cart to her car, and I look, and there's no car. 
I said, Beverly, where's your car? It got repossessed. My ex didn't make the payments. And she said, do people ever donate cars here? And I said, no, not really. And I flippantly said, you pray about it, and it's yours. That was 10 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I got a call from a hospital administrator here in Broward County saying, Barnes, Barnes, I, I, I can't believe uh, I went to trade my wife's three-year-old Volvo in, and I can't believe how little they were going to give me for it. And my CFO said I could get more uh, if I donate it. Would you, can, do you want to come get it? And so I'm, I drive there in my 12-year-old Chevy to pick up a three-year-old Volvo wondering, how do I swap these? <laughs> and I knew he wouldn't let me do it. So anyway, and she, she just wept. She's on the hood weeping. And I go home and tell Rosemary, she says, you do realize you're in a single parent, single mom ministry, right? Wow. And I go, oh. And we, we have to battle the success mm -hmm. uh, and, and constantly give him the glory. And we need people around us um, that'll, that'll say, that sounded a little prideful because mm -hmm. that's when I deserve more and that's when I deserve more and that's when I deserve her who sits on the front row mm -hmm. uh, on and on and on and on. And Satan, you know, prowls around like a roaring lion, which means he takes his time. Mm. He wakes, he just prowls around at the herd looking for the weakness. Prowls around in my life looking for weakness. Mm. And as, especially as men, I mean, pride is a huge issue. So we've got to battle the pride and, and never, never feel like I'm somebody now finally uh, and give all the glory to God. Yeah. How do you, how does a leader, the word, and balance is such a tricky word, but because there, because we want to be successful. We want, we want to be successful in ministry. We want to be successful as businessmen and women. We want to be successful as ministry leaders. But how do you, what are the warning signs? I think some of them are words, mm. deserve. Mm -hmm. um, it's, I think I need to keep people around me. I can't hire yes men. Right. And, and I was uh, another pastor here in town um, from church, church by the Glades. He heard about my staff, the staff meetings at Sheridan House, and he wanted to come uh, and just sit in. I think it was him, David. And we walked out, and there's 40 on staff. And he said, do you just hire feisty women? <laughs> I mean, they took you on on that. And I said, I need people around me who are going to speak up. They, they know I have to make the final decision, but I need for them to speak up. And it's like, um, it, was, it was the women, the younger 30 and 40-something women, uh, I think 10 years ago, that came and said, we need a mud run on our 60 acres. We need an <laughs> obstacle course. And I said, tell me why we need an obstacle course. And they said, well, it'll bring 300 people to the property, and we'll make at 100 apiece, and we got enough property. We'll, we'll, we'll make $30,000. And so I said, nah, that's not the right reason. And they, uh, one of them, the feistiest of all the women, who happens to also be my daughter, said, can, I, can we come back next week and have this talk again? And they got their ducks in a row, and she obviously told them, tell my dad it'll help people come to the property who need help or counseling and, and see it for the first time and ask questions. So we did it, and, the first, and, and we were hoping for 300. We got 2,000. Wow. And a quarter of a million dollars. And I did tell them, you have to build all the obstacles yourself. We're not spending donor money on building an obstacle or using some event people. We're doing the whole event. But the best part was the after event thing we do where we meet all together and they're all, and this happens so many times. They're all waiting for me to say, <laughs> I was wrong, you were right. And uh, this is a great event that we will be doing forever. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Um, I think, as I hear you say that, I think, you're very, what's very true, and we've talked about, you and I have talked about this, but I think one of the reasons success can become dangerous 
is because we end up, like you said, fooling ourselves, thinking that we had something to do with it. Oh, we take the credit. Yeah, and then also the importance of, of just having some eyes and voices around us. It makes all the difference. There was a, there is a group that meets annually in Atlanta talking about vision, and they asked me to come up and speak, and I said it would be really a, a quick talk. Jesus did it all, so thank you very much. I'm not going up there to speak. Uh, uh, uh. I think we have to battle because now, oh, they want my advice. Uh -huh. Oh, they want me to weigh in. Oh, uh, can I have a copy of this video that you're doing? So we, we have to be careful. Satan knows each of us mm. and, again, prowls around like a roaring lion to take us down. And when you take down a ministry leader or a pastor, it explodes in the community. Mm. You know, if all of a sudden the, the head of FPNL has an extramarital affair, nobody knows about it. Yeah, nobody cares. Uh, yeah, a pastor or a ministry leader, oh, it's huge. Yeah. And it doesn't, you know, uh, glory to God. I want to bring, with what I do, I want to bring glory to God. I don't want to have uh, women in a church saying, all these pastors are phony, I'm leaving. And I actually heard that after one of the pastors in this town crashed mm. and burned six years ago. I actually, I'm done. And I walked into a friend's office and he said, uh, who's a believer? And she called me by my name when I walked through. And I said, how did she know that? She said, well, she goes to the church where you speak uh, once a year. And uh, I sa he said, will you talk to her? She's, she hadn't been back to church since and not going back. Mm. And she, I sat down with her and she said, I just feel like these all ministry leaders are phony. And I said, 1,200 churches here in Broward. And five guys went down. Right. They just weren't ready. He will prowl like a roaring lion to take them down. Right. Period. Yeah. Yeah, it's easy to focus on the five and forget about the yeah. the other eleven hundred. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's we need to know, you know, we 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 miss we we miss the first part of the Lord's prayer, our Father who art in heaven. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a declaration that you want me to when you model, and it's not the Lord's prayer; it's the model prayer. Mm -hmm. Lord's prayer is John seventeen. We 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 miss our, you get to call you Father, mm -hmm. David. and then where it says, hallowed be thy name, or glory to your name, mm -hmm. that's, that's a mandate to me, that I bring glory to his name. Right. And all I do, all I give, uh, and Satan just does everything in his power just to take, take us down. Yeah. Um, I love this conversation. I think as pastors and leaders, it's so important to, to, to talk about it. Not just even think about it, to talk about it. Yeah. Um, he, here's what I have what I have seen, um, maybe I, maybe if I'm honest, I, you know, I think I've seen great examples in my life, uh, Bob, but I, I feel that sometimes when a leader starts growing or a leader starts having significant levels of, of what could be considered success or some positive results, sometimes as leaders we can get to a point where we think, well, now I'm above that. I'm above that, doing that. I don't need to do that. And of, of course, we have to evaluate where our time is going to be uh, most you know, useful and, and what's the best use. But I think that that attitude could be a little bit of pride of, oh, I don't have to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about kind of having a servant's heart as a leader. I was, I, I, again, have had so many great mentors in my life. And there was a man in this town named Fred Hunter, Fred Hunter's Funeral Homes, who was on my board. And uh, he would show up at events and say, you need to get that. You need to pick that up. And I, I realized what he was saying. They need to see you're not above that. And it happened this week. Mm. We, uh, we had to turn our big, we have a room that seats 125. And we had to turn it from a room that would seat um, 25 uh, when we had 
staff devotions uh, Monday to instantly to a room that would seat 125 for an event we had. And our newest staff member, a female in her 30s, came walking in and she's staring at me as I'm setting up chairs and putting them around the table. And she said to my admin, why is he doing that? <laughs> and Benetta said, well, that's, he works here. So it's the perfect answer. He works here. And it, it could take two guys an hour or it could take 10 guys 10 minutes. Right. So the, the people around need to see the leader uh, serving and especially serving others. Um, it's so, so important. And we were taught because Jesus washed feet. Mm. The creator of the universe. Mm. And I think, I think it was a setup, if you want to know the truth. <laughs> I think when you would come into that room, they would have a basin and uh, a towel and a pouring th thing. And uh, there would be a servant there. Mm -hmm. And I think I, one of the questions on my list for heaven, did you dismiss the servant <laughs> to see if any of your disciples would wash feet? Mm. And when none of them washed feet, uh, it's so interesting. He got up and washed their feet, which perturbed um, Peter. Sure. Um, but he washed Judas' feet, mm -hmm. knowing what he was about to do. Uh, servant leader. We are called to be servant leaders. And one of the most important places is not just church, but at home. Yeah. At home, being a servant leader at home. And that there's nothing beneath us. Yes, we, are, we need to make best use of our time. And which is why I would write all my sermons at home because I have a hard time walking by people in our office building <laughs> who are doing stuff and I need to get it. And, pe and people drop off clothes for our single mom uh, clothing store every day. And I'd be going out to the car and Bonetta say, you need to go home so you can finish this sermon. But it, whatever. I, I, he wants <laughs> us to serve. What, what's some practical advice from your, you know, from your decades of ministry experience and also observing being in it? You know, what's, what's some just practical advice for pa pastors and leaders on this point, on having a, a servant's heart? I think, first of all, I, I, I need to desire that. Mm. I need to desire, I, I, want, I want to serve today. And in my prayer times, I, then I need to be, and this is an important word to share now, so I need to be a noticer. Mm. What's going on around me? How can, is a way I can help? Um, and, uh, and, and then after being a noticer, do it. Now, don't do it for applause. Mm -hmm. Just do it because it's in front of you to do. Yeah. When we, when the economy went bad in 2008, and we had to let the uh, cleaning lady go, who cleans on Tuesdays, and uh, I said to my admin, who's really my boss, I don't know when we switched <laughs> roles, and I said to her, uh, we're going to clean this building, so would you send out a memo to everybody who works in here? And there are 12 or 14 that work in the office building. And make sure they bring their jeans, because um, Monday afternoon, from three to, uh, to five, we're gonna clean. Everybody's got a place to clean. And I said, you divide up the jobs. And she gave me the men's room to clean. And it was the funniest <laughs> thing. And I had to have her come in. I don't, I don't know how to clean a men's room. Would you come in here and show me? And left the doors open. And all the women came in to see if it was really happening. And just, it was an absolutely hilarious moment. But it became a buzz. Mm -hmm. Because one person with a lot of graduate degrees uh, chose not to clean and they're not with us anymore. Right. Yeah. So I, I need to want to do things that bring glory to God, but not to self. And so it needs to be, I can't believe he's in there cleaning the men's room. Now, I will also say, I was so glad when we rehired the cleaning company and I didn't have to clean the men's room anymore. <laughs> yes. Bizarre. You were, you were okay with that, yeah. 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 I, I love this. I think it's true. I think one thing, 
that, that it's part of our, for example, at Vertical Church, it's part of our culture that anybody who's a leader, we're the first to give and we're the first to serve. Yep. Uh, it's part of our DNA. It's part of what we teach, what we talk about. Um, and and some, every once in a while. A question, yeah. Do you think that's more of the Latin culture or than the Anglo? You don't want to miss this month at Avail, or any month for that matter. Why? Because each month, the Avail Online Leadership Series happens. A live call with leaders from around the world who have a passion for God and key leadership insights to impart to you. Interact with authors, pastors, and influencers from every industry. And the best part? It's free. To get registered right now, head over to theartofleadership.com. What are you waiting for? Because I, I maybe I do. I think yeah, yes. yeah, maybe. But 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 you're not always going to see that in every yeah, Hispanic church. I, well, the, we have three receptionists. Two are Latin. And the first thing the Latins do every morning <laughs> is get there a little early and clean the entire lobby. And it's a huge lobby. Yeah. Um, and it's just just not beneath them to clean it. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. So, so every once in a while, somebody will say, "Man, I really love how how you were doing this, or I love how your leaders are you know are serving." And I think that I think that's probably a better compliment, right? Yeah, than yeah. you know, hey, you're amazing. You oh, know, look yeah. at all these great things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have to set the example. We have to affirm. Mm-hmm. Thank you for doing that. Yep. And I, I have to continually say to the staff at Sheridan House, we don't have a tight job description. Mm-hmm. We, you have something you're responsible for, but notice what's going on around, notice what needs to be done. That's good. And if the garbage needs to be emptied, empty it. And here's an, the cleaning lady we have has a very, very hard time. She's from Argentina with me picking up. She empties all the garbage <laughs> and puts them in the hallway and she'll have three or four. And if I'm on my way to get a cup of coffee anyway, and I grab the first time she ran after me and yanked it out of my hands. Um, and she didn't, she, she's getting it now, but she, this is, we all, we all work here. We can yeah. all do this. And it really doesn't cost me much to pick up a black trash bag and go put it in that room over there. Yeah. 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 It, it's, it's unbelievable how the lead leader can set the tone. Well, I was taught. I didn't come with that. Okay. And Sheridan House was a mess the first ten years. Mm. Um, and I was gonna, I was gonna make it happen there. Mm-hmm. And it was there five years before me. Five different leaders in five years because they didn't have any money. Mm. And he continually sent men into my life who were great executives but servant leaders. And my pastor, the founder of Sheridan House, mm-hmm. Bill, Bill Billingsley from Sheridan House Baptist Church. Actually, and it's a huge church, actually helped the lawn men cut the grass sometimes hmm. at the church. Wow. Yeah. And, and Jesus made me happen to drive by, is that pastor? And pull in. And I, I know Jesus was whispering, are you watching? Hmm. Oh, are you watching this? Yeah. I wonder, if, I wonder if this, like, true servant's heart, I wonder if it's missing in some of our churches. Oh, I know it is, and you know it is. Hmm. Um, but I don't have the energy to worry about them. I'm, I'm a full-time <laughs> job for me. And, you know, somebody asked me, um, we just celebrated a staff member's 44, 44th anniversary at Sheridan House. Um, and somebody asked me, asked him, why'd he stay? He said, it's just such a great atmosphere. Yeah. He was on his way to law school uh, between, I mean, he worked for us during the summer, was graduated from Wheaton on his way to law school and, and saw I needed help and he said, can I just stay? And he said, it's just, it's a, it's a family who takes care of each other. Do we all get along all the time? No, it's a family. 
but we are responsible to God to create an atmosphere where people go out there and give God the glory. Yeah, that's so good. I think, I think that especially all leaders, especially young leaders, if you learn this early on in your career, early on in your journey, it could just, it could just bring so much blessing. Oh yeah, so much blessing. I wanna, I wanna segue, Bob, into something that I know is at the core of your being, in the center of your heart. I mean, you and you and Rosemary have written, you know, books, um, countless books, specifically on the topic of marriage in different branches of marriage. But one of the things you always talk about is your marriage must be a priority. And again, we're focusing in on you pastors, leaders, people that have, Christians who have influence in the community, your marriage must be a priority. And no one teaches us that. Hmm. And I went, you know the story, I went through some trauma to get there. Uh, married uh, for, I think it was eight years, and Rosemary's pregnant with our first child, and I'm a workaholic at Sheridan House, mm. trying to make it happen. Yeah. And so I'm working 12-hour days, and uh, she was great, and she grew up in a pastor's home, and both grandparents are pastors, both brothers are pastors. She sort of understood it because the generation before me, the ministry was the priority. They say it from the pulpit, mm -hmm. and, and there's nowhere in the Bible that says that. Wow. And so the, the, the deal was, uh, she, she's pregnant, seven months pregnant, had a seizure. I rushed her to the hospital. A friend of mine, the, the physician there in the emergency room says, we're losing your wife and the baby. Wow. Um, you want me to put you in a room? I said, no, no, no one, I gotta go for a walk. And so I'm going for a walk, I'm so upset. And about two hours later, they come out and, and find me and bring me in and he says, they're both okay. And the little nurse uh, who came and found me was a Christian and recognized me from, I'd been at interim at a church. And she said, so, so Dr. Barnes, what, what does God, what do you want to teach you with this? And I would have missed that. Mm. And that, that little girl mentored me that day. Wow. And I realized that Sharon House was my priority, not my marriage. And I, I just broke. And I need to be serving my marriage. I need to be serving my wife. The verse for there, that's, you know, we, we like as men to go into the verse in, on uh, submission. Mm -hmm. And we forget about two verses down, husbands love your wives as much as Christ, Christ loved the, the church, church and gave himself up for her. I mean, that includes the cross, but that also includes the throne. He got up one day in, the, in heaven from the throne, took it all off and became put on skin to die mm. for his bride. And so I, I need to be serving her and I need, my kids need to see that. Rosemary's never washed a dish in her life. And, and, and I remember Roby, when he was little, little, saying, isn't this what girls are supposed to do? He and I are washing the dishes. <laughs> and I said, no, mom makes the meal, we wash the dishes. And so we washed them, we washed them, we washed them, we washed them. He still does that as a married man today, mm -hmm. serving our bride. And because one of the things we're not prepared for when we get married is you tend to marry your opposite. Mm -hmm. And you do everything <laughs> to make it work. Uh, and Rosemary's gorgeous, and so I did everything to, to marry her. Now I don't know what to do, and now I find out that she's a talker, I don't know how to talk. And uh, she says, can we just talk tonight after we get home? And I want to ask about what? Um, but um, <laughs> that God, when he said, and the two will become one, was not a sexual reference. Mm -hmm. It would have said the two became one. Mm -hmm. These two different people start functioning as a better one. Mm -hmm. And so my job is also uh, serving, serving at home, serving her. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and if we, if we disagree on something, then she knows, you know what, Bob, I'm gonna back out uh, and let you and God work through this. And whatever you come up with, I'm good. Wow. Um, that's the deal here. But serving plays such an important part. Yeah. 
So I have a question yeah. from your perspective and your experience. Do you see a correlation between how a ministry is doing and how the marriage is going? Talk to me about that. Well, it's obvious, yeah. You know, I, many times got uh, ministry leaders that crash and burn don't have a good marriage. Mm. Um, and so uh, when you don't take care of your marriage, it makes you very, 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 very vulnerable. And all of a sudden things aren't working out in your marriage. And quite honestly, things aren't working out in the bedroom. Mm. And all of a sudden Satan knows just who to push into your life. Uh, the whole deal is I didn't take a wedding vows that says, till needs do us part. Mm. How many guys have I said, she's just not meeting my needs? Uh, so <laughs> that's, that's between you praying to him. I didn't take till needs do, do us part. You know, I, I, my job is to love my wife as much as Christ loved the church. I don't think he liked us. Mm. I, I, I mean, how kind he was to the disciples. Yeah. Um, and quite honestly, uh, they, were, they were off all the time. Mm -hmm. And not until after the resurrection. And even then, the women showed up. They didn't at the tomb. So I, I think my job is just to do my job and love my wife as much as Christ loved the church. Serving her. Serving her. And I'm teaching my grandsons. Um, Thanksgiving, Rosemary's an amazing cook. And Thanksgiving, we probably have 15, 16 people at the table. And I teach the boys, let's go, we're getting the plates. And it's so fun watching this past Thanksgiving, the oldest, the 13-year-old, going after the plates to take them into the sink before. And I said, Reuben, do you want to do, do you want to do the rinsing? He said, okay, I'll, you bring them. And, and teaching them to serve, teaching yeah. them to serve. But also teaching them to have fun serving. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. I, you know, you, you've told me um, on occasions when you've come to speak at Vertical Church or, you know, or even, even just rem remembering times that you've been or watched, you tell me that, that you really like it when you see my wife on stage with me, for example, or, or you see us in the church holding our hands. For multiple reasons, her on stage, number one, seriously better looking than you. 100%. So it, it really helps the whole thing up there. <laughs> Number two, I love the way she looks at you when you're speaking. She just kind of looks up at you. And the statement is to everybody in the audience, mm. we have a marriage. Yeah. Not a perfect marriage. No one has a perfect marriage. But I, I just, I love that. It's a healthy thing to do. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's good. I think, I think it's a good point. Um, can you speak to that? The importance that it is. And, and, and every, every, every pastor ministry couple isn't exactly the same or, or even right. wired the same, right. but, but just, just being seen together, oh, yeah. you know, what, what are some, what are some things that are important? Well, the things that are important is being seen together. Number one, probably makes the lo lobby a lot busier for her. Cause now they know what she looks like. I want to ask her questions. Um, but the beauty of that is she's available to, to be that and just to see that you're, you're in a one flesh ministry yeah. doing this. And I, I think it's just really, 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 really healthy. Um, I, I, and, and some ministry wives don't want to go up there. Sure, sure. Uh, Rosemary didn't want to go up there initially. I had to make her come up in my first interim. But then, she, you know, now she's got this monstrous Bible, latest Bible study. I, I think they need to see us together, uh, even maybe standing in the lobby. Team. Sure. Um, and for us, so a woman can come up to me for prayer because my wife's there. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very, very healthy. Yeah. And I'll never forget Rosemary saying to me once, um, I'm standing in the lobby with her and this woman comes up to ask me questions and Rosemary says, be careful of her. Because mm. women see things we don't see. Right. And I remember thinking, ah, so I stayed as far away as I could. <laughs> 
and she ended up having an affair with one of the staff members. Wow. Yeah. So I, I do want my wife's input on the people yeah. around me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I, you know, the correlation I think you're making is you can't have a healthy ministry without a healthy marriage. Exactly. Because I'm getting all my gratification from my ministry mm. and not giving it to him. Yeah. Glory to God. Would you say, would you say that sometimes ministry is, is the mistress? Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah, I'm getting my gratification from this ministry mistress. Mm. Absolutely. And again, I'm going to say this 20 times. Satan knows the cracks in here. Mm -hmm. And so I'm spending time with my father, help me notice. Help me notice, what, help me not walk by. And that's, to me, the whole point of the parable of the Good Samaritan. The religious people walked by. Mm -hmm. But the Good Samaritan, you know, was on a business trip, obviously. Mm -hmm. And he, the Samaritan sees this man on the side of the road, notices, takes care of him, spends money, mm -hmm. spends time. That, that, that's for us, to be noticers. Right. Yeah. As we're kind of wrapping things up here, final stretch, um, I know you have a heart for the Lord. Mm. for the church mm. and for pastors. Mm. Just maybe a two, three more practical advice on this. Um, how, how can we put marriage as a priority because we don't want to see another moral failure. We don't want to see another church go through this yep. crisis. One of the things we did was decided, and especially in the early days, we really didn't have any money to go out to eat, but maybe one time a month we made sure uh, we didn't take another couple. Mm. It was just us on a date. And to this day, we really, we, we can afford to go out to eat a lot more, um, but we never take another couple. This is for us. Mm. Um, I need to make sure I'm dating my wife also um, and, and go after that. And I, I need to be listening, listening, because we talk so differently. What, so, Rosemary, what are you really saying? Um, you, I, so I hurt your feelings by what I said or how I said it. Uh, well, how you said it, you were a little gruff. Um, okay, I didn't know that. Um, but I, I, I need the desire to please God and how I handle his daughter. Yeah. I think that, that that piece of advice has always stuck with me, that when I'm praying to my father, I'm not just praying to my father, I'm also praying to my father-in-law. That was given to me by Dr. Jim Vigorito. I didn't make it up. I wish I had. But that, that was given to me by him, and it was a game changer. Again, am I listening? Am I listening? You know, I s said several times, God has sent so many mentors into my life, but I had to start learning to listen. Yeah. Oh, that wasn't from Fred Hunter, Lord. That was from you, mm. through Fred Hunter. I need to be, notice and listen. Yeah, that's good. So all of you pastors out there, just remember that when you're praying, <laughs> you're not just, if you're praying complaining to God about your wife. Oh boy. You need to remember that you're actually praying to your father-in-law and he wants to know how well are you taking care of his daughter. Uh, you pray like that, you're gonna have back problems. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dr. Barnes, I wanna know if people wanna, if they wanna know more about you know, Sheridan House, I know obviously uh, Sheridan House Family Ministries is based here in Broward County, South Florida area. But, but you know, sometimes people wanna learn, lean in, learn, you know, understand what are the, what's the best way to well, just go to our website, shfm.org, 
SheridanHouseFamilyMinistries.org, SHFM.org. And that's where our podcasts are also. Wonderful. They can hear podcasts there where you talk about a lot parenting. of parenting. Mostly parenting, uh, fi- little 15-minute ones. Yeah. yeah. Can they find information on your books there as well? Yes, they can. Yeah, there's great books. I highly recommend it, whether it's marriage, parenting, um, you know, and, and, and how all this connects to life and ministry. This is awesome. We believe in resourcing you're, we believe that resources are going to help you on your journey. And as leaders, especially, I think resources are important. So we want, want you to lean in uh, to Sheridan House Family Ministries, shfm.org. That's where you can go to get more information, to uh, listen also uh, to Bob's podcast on parenting. I want to mention our Avail uh, journal. Uh, Bob, you've seen the Avail yeah. Leadership Magazine. I saw one with you on the cover. Well, you know, sometimes they want to... thinking? <laughs> We just love getting re- leadership resources in leaders' hands. Oh, yeah. Would you agree that's important? Oh, very important. <laughs> hey, if you're watching or listening and you haven't done so, you can claim your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal. Personally, in my opinion, it's one of the most well-done Christian leadership magazines right now. Mm. It has diverse voices, multicultural, uh, uh, multi, multi-ethnic, multi-generational uh, uh, leadership resources, men leaders, women leaders. Uh, uh, it's a great resource. Again, availjournal.com, availjournal.com. How do you spell avail? Avail, A-V-A-I-L, avail. Journal.com, you can claim your free annual subscription. We want to put great resources in your hands. Um, okay, so let me give, let me do three or four quick thought, quick answer okay. questions. Bob, what do you do, what do you do for fun? Uh, hang out with Rosemary. All right. I used to play golf when I could bend over and pick up the golf ball, but my <laughs> my back is, is horrible. So yeah, we, we're together all the time. All right. And response to that, because somebody asked before we had staff devos. Uh, what did you guys do this weekend? And Benetta said, they sat and talked for hours. And three young ones in their 30s, newlyweds, followed me back. Do you just have more words than most men? And I said, what does that mean? Well, my husband, I said, well, I didn't early on either. Uh-huh. But she almost seduced me into talking. And I, I want to be there. I want to know these things. And I learned. And we also learned by reading marriage books out loud with each other. Wow. One chapter, stop for the night. Okay, what, what did you you learn from this. Uh-huh. That's good. That's good. What what makes you laugh? What makes me laugh right now is the, the staff at Sheridan House or my grandchildren. I have five grandchildren. Uh-huh. Yeah, they make you laugh. All right. What what what's breaking your heart right now? What's breaking my heart right now, and you would expect this, is the number of single moms that are living in the back of their cars. Mm. And uh I, I, I don't understand people that would raise their rent just because they can mm-hmm. and evict a single mom. So that, and you would expect that from me. I mean, the Ukraine breaks my heart, but the, the, the number, just the number of single moms with their babies that ha- get wet wipes and wipe them off and drop them off at school and go to work mm-hmm. because they can't, they went from 1,200 to, seven, to 2,700. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They can't. Yeah. What brings you hope right now? Um, I'm watching the single moms there. I don't hang with them but I'm watching their kids play in the playground. I watched a man, uh, we've got 19, 29 kids there, I believe. And I watched a man buy a brand new bicycle for every child. Wow. And I pulled up on Saturday to do a little, to pick up some stuff to take home. And they were all, we have a one mile road inside our property. Mm -hmm. uh, And they were all riding their bikes together. And one saw me to the car and she said, this is the first time I've ever felt safe to do this with my children. Wow. 
So there's hope. And uh, our single moms <laughs> leave us, uh, get great jobs. One finished her master's degree at Trinity. Uh, they're just knocking it dead. That's so good. Yeah. That's so good. So I want to do this as we're, as we're closing off. What's one final nugget, one final word for our pastors, leaders, Christian influencers who are leading in right now? Listen to what God's trying to tell you. Don't just read your devotions in the morning. Listen, okay, what's in here? You've written a devotional book. Mm. And so for me to read it and not, oh, that was pretty nice. What's in here for me? Mm. And, and go through the day to see if I can notice something from that. Mm. That's good. Yeah. That's a good word. Listen, listen, listen. What is God telling me through this? Um, Bob, this has been a great, great fun, privilege. Fun, fun for me. Yes, what a great privilege. Uh, on behalf of the Avail leadership teams, Dr. Sam Chand, Martine Van Tilburg, everybody who's behind the scenes mm. on Avail here at Vertical as well. We just want to tell you we honor you and we're thankful uh, for thank you. you. Thank you for that. You, you, you lead very well and you're a great example for sure. I have a lot of wonderful people around me. <laughs> hey, everybody. Thanks for connecting with us on another episode of the Avail podcast. I hope this has been an encouraging, uplifting, but also challenging conversation as we have spoken about the danger of success. We've talked about having a servant's heart and, of course, your marriage must be a priority because healthy ministries really require healthy marriages. Thanks for connecting with us here on the Avail Podcast. We can't wait to catch you next time right here on the Avail Podcast.